Pulp Fiction, Mr. Holland's Opus, Titanic, The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, Jaws, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, The Movies, wow. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Smoking! Look out, Captain Marvel! Here comes Thanos! You know nothing of it for my David! Leave it a gun and take it a cannoli, mamma mia! I've always relied on the kindness of strangers. Hey, Bonnie, it's me, Fred! Hey, uh, do you remember the Titans? Carpe Diem saves the day, boys. Ooh. You're so smart, Goodwill Hunting! You're so smart! Let my people go! Hooah! I can't see! That's right, a truly momentous occasion uh, in the world of podcasting, a historic night for inclusion, historic night for progress, Bearded White Man has a movie review podcast. This is The Movies Wow, I'm Mikey Krennic, and I'm going to be like the Roger Ebert to a rotating series of Gene Siskel, solely in the sense that I look like, like a lesbian grandmother. I'm only going to have guests on who look like people from Guess Who. And on that note, I, I'm joined tonight by, I guess, go and guess who. He's Franz with a stronger chin. I did look it up. <laughs> uh, it's the Buco Club scene, Burlington County. They know him as DJ Hot Dogs. I know him as Mr. Bill Donnellan. Hello, how are oh, you? I am thrilled to be here, Mike Krennic. I'm thrilled to have you. I really am. I, I'm the first guest? You are. You're the very first guest in the history of the movie's wow. wow. The movie's Wow. Is that a working title? Is that the... No, I, I think <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Is it the movies? Wow. Like, can you say it for me? So I know how you... How you can, you, can you hear it again? Movies. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. It's like you're kind of... You're kind of like in shock. Like, just like, wow, huh? The, the movies. How about, what about that? Would you be like so mad at me if I started my own podcast and called it Films? Oh, boy. Oh, I think I would be honored. <laughs> I'll, have you, I'll have you on. I'll have you on. We'll talk about the spy, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> And and folks, to give you an idea of the kind of the kind of crazy guy I brought on here, I'm texting him earlier, and I a little peek behind the curtain. I'm texting him earlier before we start. I say, you know, when I bring you in, when I do the whole intro, the hey, how are you at the beginning, all that business, be a big flourish, welcome you in. Uh, what should I call you? And and this twisted individual says, call me <laughs> Joker. Listen, I've heard of the Joker. I know that's that's the kind of guy I want on my podcast. <laughs> I swear to God, if we're talking about uh, pre-show things, you emailed me, and one of the things in, on the email was like, maybe think of a movie that you genuinely hate. And I was actually texting with uh, our good friend Louis Caggiano. I was like, "What's a movie that I hate? The only one I can think of that I truly despise is the movie Joker." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I like don't that movie. Me. What is that movie? It's a movie uh, about uh, a twisted man. <laughs> Sleeps in a refrigerator. Uh, yeah, he dances to Gary right. Glitter so, on the it, steps. No, I'm just uh, saying, it's a, it's a movie about Batman's greatest villain that has uh, Batman in it when he's about 13 years old. Why am I watching this? Like, the biggest villainy the Joker commits, like, against the Batman is he sticks his fingers in yeah, his Yeah, that's... Just honestly yeah. gross. Yeah, not a fan of that. Like, if if the Joker was going to, like, tie people I loved up in a bank with, like, a big comedy bomb, hmm. be like, if you don't get there in time, it'll blow, and I'll, I save them in the end. I'd rather that than just stick his fingers in Oh, absolutely. No, no, I'm with you on that That's one. disgusting. Depending on the comedy bomb. I honestly, <laughs> um, I honestly only did all this Joker stuff, and it's beautiful because it sets up... I came up with a joke all on my own. I was so proud, and I just need to work it in. So, uh, Bill, uh, yeah. do you know what Jay Leno said when he auditioned for the Joker role? <laughs> What's that? Hey, you want to know how I got these cars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, I like that one. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, Bill, uh, I did did invite you on here, not just because uh, you're a very funny man. Thank you. I enjoy talking to about uh, a movie that we both, I think, had truly uh, uh, love and and had maybe our sexual awakening to Austin <laughs> Powers, International Man of Mystery. Yeah, hard to argue. Uh, I do want to ask you: You are a movie guy, right? You do. You are a movie watcher. You like them? Yeah, I like movies. I mean, anyone? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, is that your question? You ever meet anyone who doesn't like the movies? Doesn't like the movies? 
Yeah, like imagine somebody says that like they're just like, oh, did you, did you ever see? Hey, did you ever see Jungle Book? Oh, I don't like movies. <laughs> what kind of a freak yeah, person is they, that? Even if they were like, oh, I only I only read books. Okay, you're a Poindexter. They say I only watch TV. <laughs> okay, I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> then if they, but if they just said no, I don't, I don't care for movies. What? Mm-hmm. You don't even like stag yeah. films. You don't even, you don't even like porn <laughs> films. That's what I would say, and that's why they they always kick me out of the library. <laughs> I just loudly ask the, the patrons. You don't even watch porn. And they say, "Shh, leave me alone." I say, "Why well, you not? Know, you don't even like blue movies." This guy doesn't even watch yeah, I porn. I got like six porns in my car. I can lend you <laughs> loose, loose trunk porns. I got a I got a VCR in my car. It's awesome. I can't watch it because it's in the back. <laughs> I'm gonna be an Uber, and I'm just gonna have VCR pornography in my back. You can pop one of those in if you want to. Let's pop in the tape uh, selections down there. Uh, no jacking. Rules are rules, man. No jacking. It's a Sonata. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. Can't get sperm in the Sonata. Honestly, no. I was about to say if I got into an Uber where there was VCR pornography, I would I'd get out of the car. <laughs> Well, okay, hang on. That, that depends on where you're going and how quickly you need to be there. Yeah, I think, and again, who I'm with. If I'm alone, yeah. like let's say I'm I'm in Philadelphia and I'm I'm yeah. meeting up with you guys somewhere, and it's like a 20 minute car ride, and I'm alone. I don't want to ride mm. in the pornography Uber. <laughs> you say you get out though. Thank you. Thanks. No, I'm all good actually. Pick nice. <laughs> up someone hornier than I. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I don't know what you're into, but it's not my, <laughs> my not my bag, baby. <laughs> well, that's how you that's how you get it all together, right there. That's, that's the professional that's podcast, back. That's right well there, done. my friend. That's, that's, well that's three years of radio. Um, <laughs> so, as a movie guy, yeah, uh, what what would you say if you had to say your favorite movie of all time? You already know that the movie you hate is The Joker. Uh, <laughs> but like even that one, I don't know if I. hate this is not a very interesting no, movie, in my opinion. It's a strange. Uh, it's a well-acted movie. Yeah, but, he does a fine right. job as a spindly freak. <laughs> sure, he does. But as Robert uh, De Niro did a good job. You think that's funny? You think people dying is funny? What's that about, Arthur? Why do you think people dying is funny, Arthur? That's not funny. Oh, Robert, one of the greatest living actors, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for real. But like, even in the plot, why? Why did that guy have like a mental case on his show? And then, yeah, like, when the my... guy shows up and like says, "Like, call me Joker," he's just like, "All right." He's wearing clown paint makeup. Your call, bud. Whatever. And he's clearly just like he's he's disassociative. Yeah, he's got a gun, and and Murray is just like, "Hey, Murray. come on the show." His name Why is not? Murray. Live with Murray was the show. Live with Murray. Murray. That's Very like good. Johnny Carson's show just being called like Live with Johnny. It's John. Or Dave Letterman's just lo- Late Night with David. <laughs> you guys want to watch Late Night with Jason Leno? I don't know if it's Jason. <laughs> yeah, uh, he looks like a Jay White, yeah. Uh, favorite movie? I don't know. Um, like The Big Lebowski is certainly up there, one that we've watched together several times. Yeah, one of my, probably, I would, it's that or when they... And a YouTuber puts all the like the cutscenes from Crash Bandicoot Two together on a YouTube video, and as you can watch it straight. That's it's that and the Big Lebowski for me. <laughs> Your favorite movie is the cinematic scenes from Crash Bandicoot Two. <laughs> from Crash Bandicoot. We're yeah. talking about that. Hey, we're talking about setups and pace. We're talking about a script that pays off. <laughs> Neo Cortex earlier on in the film. I call I call video games films. <laughs> I'm a stupid, stupid man. I mean, films are just movies you can play. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, right. Films are just movies you can play. That's a, that's a, that's a catchphrase. I know you meant video games. What you said was films are yes. just movies yeah. you can play. Tell me a minute. So, so you would say The Big Lebowski is your favorite movie film to play? I, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Or is it... So, it is it Borat subsequent movie film? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's Borat subsequent movie film. This is, this is a movie where Rudy Giuliani exposed right. himself. That's it. That's one. Let's just make up a lie about him. Okay. <laughs> he well, well, oh yeah, that's right. That mean podcast that where he really went after Rudy Giuliani. 
America's mayor. It's it's September twelfth, two thousand one. How's how's Rudy doing these days? Bad. <laughs> I have to assume bad. He looks like his skin is falling off. Like he looks like he's like melting. Like he saw like the Ark of the Covenant. And he's like he's got like the the right. teeth like going on where the like and like you look at him you're like this is the man who after the worst tragedy mm-hmm. in in American history after after that that terrible mm-hmm. uh, 9-11. you know the one right. uh, he. That was the guy we looked at and said, this is the guy. Whew, thank goodness. Thank goodness we've got this yeah. cave And he dweller. never let us forget it. No, no. He's yeah. still walking around being like, you know. Rudy 9-11 Giuliani. Uh, 9-11, it, nothing would have been nothing would have been different. <laughs> I'm the mayor of New York. That's not a real job. <laughs> Any job that Bill de Blasio can hold, how serious can it be? I don't like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trust Bill de Blasio reviewing Austin Powers <laughs> the way I trust you. Wasn't he? Didn't um, didn't Bill, Bill DeBlasio just uh, agree to have um, permanent take away alcoholic beverages from bars? Uh, I think he did, and then on his that's way all. Out, yeah. yeah, that's all you have to do as a politician to get me on your side. It's like like booze in the streets, and I'm like, yeah, sure, that guy. It's the free yeah. candy and soda uh, <laughs> yeah. policy when you run right. for student exactly. council. <laughs> yeah, I want to get away with something. So candy and soda will be free. That was actually, that's not a real life, that's a scenario that happened to Doug <laughs> on the television program, Doug, that I'm talking about as if, uh, like, a, you know that common problem that was best, I think, represented in the zeitgeist by Jim Jenkins's Doug. When you gain weight at your grandma's house and don't want to go to a pool party. <laughs> you have a crush on uh, a girl and you don't want to ask why her dad's in a wheelchair, but you're really, really <laughs> confused as to why her dad's randomly in a wheelchair. He's so handsome, so you don't say very handsome. The mayonnaise family was all attractive. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, a movie that is 24 years I old. I don't care for that, honestly, the passage of time. So when we when I picked Austin Powers, it was honestly kind of on a lark uh, at the end of a podcast. To it, And I picked Bill because I kind of knew that even, no matter what the movie was, we were going to have fun. Aww. And I know he's a fellow uh, you know, Powers <laughs> head, such as myself. I'm so irony poisoned on it. I really am. I'm so irony poisoned on everything because if you like something, like you're a loser. Not, I just, I'm still so afraid of being uncool. That's but right. the minute they cut to like his foot tapping and the music starts, and I like, I know he's about to start dancing down the street. Yeah. All that irony poisoning just was gone. And I was a, so in. I completely agree. It was so joyous. I forgot how much fun this movie is. Because I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I I think we remembered, like, 98% of the dialogue in this movie. I remembered every line. Yeah. It, it's like muscle memory when it starts. Yeah. Because it is so funny. It, like, really, really is. And and I anyone who's listening right now who hasn't watched it in a while, I do urge you to go and watch it. We'll try not to spoil the plot too much. <laughs> and it goes by in a clip. It's like, a, it's like an hour and a half long. One of the most economical comedy scripts like one of the most i agree there's no like wasted scene there's no like even when it's kind of like weird out there random humor it's all yeah. within the context of the scene yeah it's kind of it, it's it it's james bond airplane if that makes any sense and, and much like airplane uh and one of the things that i think just kind of comedies in general lost the sauce kind of after this moving into two, into the 2000s is an airplane in this and the naked gun in, in all of these kind of like really zany yeah. comedies, silliness still served the plot. Yes, yes. One of the things uh, I love about any script, and especially in comedies, they do it so well, is the setup and payoff thing, where there's something that they kind of they set it up at the beginning. It's the Chekhov's gun thing, and then it comes back around at the end. And like this movie does it with things that you don't even necessarily know they're doing it with. For instance, uh-huh. like he's a she's a man baby thing in the beginning. <laughs> in isolation, it's fine. 
If you just did that in that scene and you never called it back, it's funny. It's an right. old spy movie thing that they uh-huh. would disguise as women. He punched, and then when he pulls her head up, she's got the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> Clearly a man, yeah. But <laughs> sets it apart is in in a, in a you're not thinking about the he's she's a man baby joke when he introduces when Basil Exposition introduces Austin Powers to her his mother. Austin Powers punches his mother in the face. And they never, they never talk about it ever again. No, they don't resolve it. They just, <laughs> and my favorite part is he's, he digs his heels in. It's <laughs> actually a really good point. Oh, uh, Austin, I'd like you to meet somebody. This is my mother, Mrs. Exposition. How do you do? <laughs> Austin! Oh, my God, man, what have you done? That's not your mother, it's a man, baby! Yeah. No. Yeah. Come on! No. Why won't this Please. wig come off? Uh. Uh. Austin! Yeah, hold on, hold on. What's no, it? no, oh, no, my mother! Oh, oh, mother. Mother, are you all right? What? Austin, have you gone mad? No. You have a lot of explaining to do. I'm sorry, Basil, I thought she was a man. Damn it, man, you're talking about my mother. Well, you have to admit, she is rather mannish. Austin! Well, no offense, but if that is a woman, it does look like she was beaten with an ugly stick. What? Really, Austin. The Swedish made penis enlarger. That's probably... That's the one I wanted to bring up. That's the funniest one. Absolutely. And it's the funniest because that might be my favorite scene, just in terms of the, the joke and the delivery and everything. That guy playing the customs agent... Oh, he's perfect. I hope they gave him a nice bonus because he's perfect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally agreed. And like the way that he says you could just sign, like I didn't have to do that. I just wanted to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then he, they bring it back later so he could defeat, um, what's the name of the guy who threw the shoe? I don't remember. Random That's Task. Random Task. That's right. The only like real direct James Bond one-to-ones. Right. He's odd job. Danger powers, personal effects. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. It says here, name Danger Powers. No, 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 no. Danger's my middle name. Okay, Austin Danger Powers. One blue crushed velvet suit. Hey, all right. One frilly lace cravat. There it is. One silver medallion with male symbol. One pair of Italian boots. Buongiorno, boys. One vinyl record album. Bert Bacharach plays his hits. Hey, bro. Yeah. One Swedish-made penis enlarger pump. That's not mine. One credit card receipt for Swedish-made penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. I'm telling you, baby, that's not mine. One warranty card for Swedish-made penis enlarger pump Filled out by Austin Powers. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> One book, Swedish-made penis in larger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. By Austin Powers. Ah. Oh. Just sign the form. Okay, don't get heavy, man. I'll sign him just to get things moving, you know. They nail, like, all the, the character actors and all of, like, the side people showing up. They all knock it out of the park, including uh, uh, 90s icon Tom Arnold, <laughs> who shows up in one of the most wonderful, it's all set up, him saying, who does number two work for? And then Tom Arnold can go, whoa, what did you eat? And like the whole thing, this is what I'm, I'm going to use this scene as like the, the uh, uh, lesson scene. It's important that you establish Tom Arnold as a man that would realistically ask how things were going in the stall next door. So you put him in a garish gambler's outfit. <laughs> Have him comment on liking Austin Powers' uh, clothing so you show he's he's jovial and gregarious. Sure. You've already established that Dr. Evil's henchman is named number two. So you've taken care of that eons ago and nobody sees this coming. You've set the thing up beautifully. Just for Mike Myers to say who does number two work for, and and Tom Arnold's like, you show that turd who's boss. It's it's funny every time. It's yes. still funny. Yes. It's a good joke. 
Hey, partner. I'm <sighs> good. Okay. Come on, you gotta relax. Don't force it. Get a blow out your O-ring. Drop a lung. Who does number two work for? Who does number two work for? That's right, buddy. You show that turd who's boss. Hey, hey, just grab a hold of something, bite your lip, and give it hell. Come on. We're gonna get through this. Hey, that, that sounds pretty nasty. How about a courtesy flush over there? Jesus Christ, boy. What did you eat? They do it. They they the other thing about this movie is they do it in these like even these weird ways. And I watch and again, scene with with Tom Arnold doing the the whole what did you eat? They cut out of that so early, right away. So you don't have to deal with the like you don't have to think about the logistics of now this man has his head in the toilet now. Tom Arnold knows that Austin Powers drowned a man. Yeah, he witnessed a m- murder. You, but they just get you right out of it, and they get you into another scene, and it's like this quick cut. But then in the next scene, mm-hmm. it's a Dr. Evil board meeting scene. You do the evil laugh at the end, and then that time, they don't cut away. That's right. They leave it there. And they, <laughs> the next scene, they leave it there so that now the bad guys have to sit there and just kind of be like, so the scene that you absolutely wanted to see what happened next, they cut away from. But the right. scene that's irrelevant to continue, they continue. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that, like, that has to be on purpose. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. That's way too silly. I actually wrote down a joke that I forgot about that I love. When he gets to the end of, uh, uh, when he just says, uh, when he gets to the end of the story, he just goes, but I guess that train has sailed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh really hard. And it's such an emotional, like, it's a serious <laughs> I guess discussion. Yeah. And it's, but it, it's just, yeah, I guess that train has sailed. <laughs> all right, well, tell me all about my mommy in the 60s. I'm dying to know what she was like. She was very groovy. Your dad loved her very much. If there was one other cat in this world that could have loved her and treated her as well as your dad, then it was me. But unfortunately, for yours truly, that train has sailed. And they weren't afraid to like give a joke an extra couple of beats when he uh, when he's peeing after he gets uh, unfrozen. That goes on for so long and i love every second of that and they do it that joke like five times in the movie mike myers like this made him a superstar and you know well deserved he might be the most fascinating superstar we've ever had because at a certain point he just went away and everybody was just okay with that yeah i was shocked at how little of this was gross yeah, that's I true. remember the second one and the third one and it's like it's a lot of gross stuff and i you know i'm not i'm no prude folks yeah no, I'm no, I'm no Bessie schoolmarm, but I am surprised. No one says that. I am surprised that there was so little of that in this movie. Mm. With this podcast, the two things I want to focus on is I'm a big story nerd. I'm a big script nerd. So I like to talk about scripts and stuff. And I think it's fascinating to talk about movies and comedy and everything in the context of the time it came out and like what came after it. Mm. And I think that any comedy from this period of time you have to walk into it and there's that like lingering creeping feeling in the back of your head like am i gonna watch this yeah this was 
this is real. right. This is not. Yeah. And there's only one moment in this movie that I thought that where I was like, uh, I wonder if it's the same one. What, what did you see it? Uh, Will Ferrell in brown face. Yep. Yeah. 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 As soon as it happened with me and Sarah went, oh, that's the only one. Right, and it's such a throwaway thing. He could have just not been in that. That's really it. I thought there'd be a lot of kind of grody uh, sexism stuff. I forgot mm. that, the first of all, he's always, Austin Powers is always the butt of the joke when he's making a movie. Always. Yeah. Yeah. He's never played as like the cool guy, even in that like airplane part. He's a loser from the moment he unfreezes. Mm-hmm. You never feel like you're rooting for him to do gross stuff. The only, well, I don't know, because the, the the hot tub scene, I think I disagree with you, because you, you, you kind of want him to like have sex with that woman. A lot of vagina. Yeah, he does. He wins yeah. there. and But he comes, even when he has sex with that woman, a lot of vagina. Vagina. <laughs> He's not he, he's not suave about it. He he farts and then he does a yeah. silly poem. He sings a song about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like does a thing with the foot. Like he's such a boob. He's such a dunce. Yeah. That's I a good think point. though that it's important that he's that because you have to like him. You have to mm. see this guy who's doing all of these things that like maybe aren't that likable. Like if he's just wantonly grabbing at women and you know, being a general nuisance to the people around him. Like, he's not a, a necessarily doing likable things, but there has to be a charm to him. And I think that that's what Mike Myers, in script and in performance, just fucking knocks out of the park in this. Totally agreed. It's, and he does, Mike Myers does, um, he, yeah. he's not a bad actor. I'll give him that. Agreed. Doesn't just play that, you know, he plays the character really well, but he also gives Austin Powers emotions and motivation. Like, it's not just absurd. He's He makes him a person, which yeah. is good. <laughs> he does make him a person. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean. He's, uh, he, he doesn't make him like a, he's not an animal. <laughs> he's not just running around. No, he, there's restraint. It's a cartoony portrayal, but there's restraint. I'll give it to you. Yeah, there's there's some there's pathos. <laughs> there's emotional pathos. Right. Very very akin to Macbeth. Mm, mm. See a lot of Macbeth. <laughs> Why is everyone so mean to the man that was just unfrozen? This is a significant portion of this movie where everyone's being very mean to Austin Powers. They really yeah, are. And like, they're, they're nasty. They're, to the only guys. after they yell at him does he like take the time to like learn about. Like what happened in the past thirty years? Also, like why didn't why wasn't he allowed to talk to his old partner and like have her like catch him up on things? Oh, because she says it's been it's too been too long. long, and she's like, "Oh, I don't want to. It's been too long." Like what? Like he's in a fog. This is the thing that I love about about this movie. If a movie bothers, takes the time to even have. Mrs. Kensington say, oh, I don't want to talk to him. It's been too long. And they even bother to be like, sorry, Austin, there's a ticking clock. Right. The bomb might go off. They give you a reason why he necessarily wouldn't be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I think that that actually makes him likable in the end. Like, that's why that scene of him being, like, sad in Las yeah. Vegas was the only one I kind of forgot about because, like, he's been so oblivious so they give him that moment of realizing, like, I'm a real dummy. If, I was like, oh, come on. Austin didn't mean anything but like, by that. But even that scene where he's, like, he, he's writing down the people that have died. Like, the list reads, my friends. And he's like, Jimi Hendrix is, like, like died of an overdose. And he found that out alone. In a hotel with a woman who is his daughter, his old partner, who he clearly was in love with. His old partner's daughter, who he now has feelings for, and he just made a, a shockingly moral decision. Good for you, Austin, tucking her into bed. Um, yeah. I was proud of him. I think yeah. Austin, I always knew Austin Powers was an ally. He's a good man. Yes. <laughs> Not all men. Yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I mean, again, he does, you know, but he has learned. He's, he's grown from when he's jumping on her on the airplane and claiming for That's fair. No, but, you know, but he, hey, listen, he's listening and he's learning. <laughs> and how about this? You know, we should, we should show all those Me Too, those Me Too cads. Mm. 
which is, uh, that's not the word to use. Those Me Too criminals. Um, we should show them this movie because who listens and who learns? Austin Powers. A man out of time. He is cryogenically frozen for 30 years and he learned manners somehow. And apparently in the 60s in England, you just had sex with everyone all the time, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's this film's understanding of the swing in 60s was literally just like, and maybe, honestly, you hear stories, it might have been. It might have been. It might have been. Yeah. It uh no it 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 really he really does he learns and I was I will say I was happy to see Austin is proud proud comrade. <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorite jokes is finally those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes. <laughs> oh yay capitalism! <laughs> Bill he's repping the 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 socialist communist ideals. He's a good for, good for Austin. <laughs> I'm ready. I think we should. Austin should be an icon of of the of the left. Think about it. He I, he learns. Uh-huh. He's nice to ladies sure. at the end. At the end, yeah, at the end. And maybe you know, maybe you don't like all the uh, the, the business with the, with the do I make you? Well, horny. we are also talking about a man that exudes such raw like mojo and sexiness that he's able to have robots explode just by watching him dance. Exactly. He just has to do like a sexy kind of like right. crotch thrust here and there. Their heads mm-hmm. explode. And the most beautiful woman in the world at the time is is willing to mm-hmm. forgive him. The first thing I have written down when I started this movie was Elizabeth Hurley. It might be the most attractive woman I've ever seen. Good Lord. I was going to ask you, one of the things that I had on my list was like, how, how many times did you, you know, you pop a boner during this movie? Because <laughs> mine, I was... Start to finish. Stem to stern as soon as the credits rolled. As soon as the credits rolled in the other direction. Just rock hard. Yeah, and it was just... I, I, I it, honestly man. think it was more fear. I was afraid. <laughs> just the thrill and exhilaration. I get that, too. Oh, By the way, she is, she is very, like... Uh, uh, resentful for him... Uh, try, like, being with another woman. Like, seconds after turning him down. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I think we, as 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 men, will just don't <laughs> see. Absolutely, a female criticism of Austin Powers, I'm sure, sounds yeah. much different. Yeah, but like I'm, but we're not female, so it's it's kind of no matter what anybody on any other movie thing tells you, it's mm-hmm. disingenuous to say you get it. Because I watch the movie and I don't, I that doesn't register uh-huh. in my brain. And then when we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, she did really she was pretty possessive. Kind of, she was very vindictive yeah. and quickly possessive, and that's not great. And I wouldn't, but like that's not how I'm watching the yeah, movie. That's fair. I'm I'm not a lady. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Not a lady. <laughs> talking about not being a lady. <laughs> Whoa, 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 I got a penis. And that dick <laughs> is mine. That is that is assuredly Tom Jones's penis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. She always knows her place She's got style, she's got grace She's a winner She's a lady Oh, 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 she's a lady Talking about that little lady And the lady is mine Is Seth Green the most 1997 person of all time? In fact, he's, I think he's still there. Yeah, no, but I do agree. I think Seth Green, because Seth Green, I always see him as what, the guy in Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, totally. That's who Absolutely. he is, is that that guy. Yeah, with with the goggles. Like, the thing that blew my mind, and it, it, it really intrigues me, because he's the only part of the movie that, I don't think he's not funny, but he does, he's it's different kind of vibe. Yeah, he's supposed to represent, like, yeah. the... Yeah, I, I hear it. Originally, yeah. the person who turned that role down, Scott Evil was supposed to be Colin Quinn. Really? Yes. Huh. That would have been a... 
That would have been a completely different thing. Yeah, I guess he would have been like just kind of like a a, a man and like a thirty year old man. I thought you were going to say like Sandler. Like that. No, makes, but Sandler makes sense. Yeah. Colin Quinn's been thirty six since like nineteen ninety four. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Colin Quinn guy. Oh, I love yeah. Colin Quinn, but it doesn't make any sense yeah. with no. with what's going no. on. Yeah, Seth Green's fine there. Um, I had his dad as a principal for summer school one year. Really? I had to go to summer school for math one year. Is it because you were telling off the math teacher in the back? You say, blow it out your ear, That was teach. exactly the circumstances. Smoking a cigarette in class. <laughs> it was a third grade. He was a bad yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know how you got that information, but yeah. Seth Green's dad. <laughs> Seth Green's dad. You're never going to believe it, because I guess he kind of talks like Seth Green. I don't know who that was an impression. <laughs> that was pretty good, I thought. That impression of Mr. of Mr. Green, the principal. <laughs> hey, Carrie Fisher's in this. Forgot that. She is looking great. Yeah, rest in peace. Was she married to Dan Aykroyd for a while? I believe yeah. so. That's got to be trying on a woman. <laughs> oh, certainly. Oh, I, like, certainly. I, you know, I guess he's just kind of like at four o'clock in the morning shaking awake. Hun, hun, <laughs> I think I just had an experience with a paranormal alien. Dan, please. Hey, as far as acroids go, that was not bad. Uh, yeah, I, I redeemed my bad uh, <laughs> Seth Green's dad. I do giggle every time I'm in the liquor store and I see one of those uh, skulls with vodka in it. I always think like, oh, that's owned by the guy in Ghostbusters who gets a blowjob. <laughs> from a ghost? Yeah, from a ghost. Every time I see those crystal skulls, yeah, and this is kind of like, a, it's a morbid thought. Yeah. I, it's... In the vast, you know, the vast network of people who have struggled with alcohol in their lives, there has to be someone who, like, their rock bottom, that moment, that incredibly dramatic emotional moment where they finally said, no more, not me, I'm taking control of my life. They were holding an empty Dan Aykroyd crystal skull. <laughs> Had to have happened. That, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say absolute. Sure. But it. A absolutely happened. It absolutely happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's and that is rock bottom. Trust me, having been there, that was what I was just pouring it out. I just wanted the crystal skulls for decoration so badly. Yeah, you can't even like move around your apartment. You have all like crystal skulls littered littered the floor. Honestly, I sometimes I'm, no one sees me for months on end because I trip. <laughs> it all comes back to Dan Aykroyd somehow. It all comes back to Dan Aykroyd, folks. That's also uh, at the bottom of every Pizzagate rabbit hole. <laughs> is it, it's squarely at the feet of Danny Aykroyd. <laughs> Epstein's a front. Ghislaine Maxwell's a front. It's all from the twisted mind, <laughs> the giant face of Danny. <laughs> hey, did you see that new Ghostbusters? I, I, I did. Okay. Yeah, not for me. But I think I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with. I don't know. Like I don't have to add that caveat. Of course, no one's going to assume that if I say I don't like that movie. The, the continuation of my opinion is, and if you do, I think you should be killed. <laughs> people really like they get like their people rush to defend Ghostbusters in any capacity, and then like shit on the the girl one. Oh, like yeah. that was fine. That was fine. They talk about Ghostbusters the way white supremacists talk about Western civilization. <laughs> It represents something much larger to them. It represents like a club that only they can. I, you're, to you're totally on to something here. It's Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. It's not this even is, like like a movie you can. I'm not. I, yeah. It's not even a movie you can pretend is like un uncrackable. Like the Rick and Morty fandom thing now, where <laughs> there are the Rick and Morty fans who go like, y "You don't like it because you don't have an eye high, high IQ." <laughs> you can't do that with Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't like that movie when a marshmallow man shows up at the end. <laughs> it is a weird, like, I don't know why it's Ghostbusters, but it is. Ghostbusters yeah. is the chosen film. And so what and so what we're saying here is, folks, understand loud and clear the position uh, being taken by the movie's WoW right. and its guest, Bill Donilon, and its host, Daniel Rudd. <laughs> we believe that if you like the movie Ghostbusters, <laughs> you're a racist. You heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here first. We're not even going to say that if you, it's, we're, we're, this is next level. Oh, you don't like the 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters? You're a racist or a sexist? No. 
I don't, yeah. That's on its own. If you do like the original, okay. you're a racist. Let it be. Let it, let... <laughs> I think I'm, yeah, we'll roll with that. I don't like it, by the way. I'm going to edit out all the times immediately before I said that, that I'm like, I really like the movie Ghostbusters. I do like the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't want to be racist. And hence the problem we oh, started God with. God damn it, Craig. Um, <laughs> really got me in a corner here. believe in ufos astral projections mental telepathy esp clairvoyance spirit photography telekinetic movement full trance mediums the loch ness monster and the theory of atlantis uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it i'll believe anything you say they don't make movies like this anymore where there's a weirdo and he's in a situation and he's you know he or she is just Trying to make the most of it, and then in the end of it, they're able to use their weirdness mm -hmm. uh, to kind of, in a silly situation, triumph. These kind of heroic oddball comedies that existed for a period of time and then dead stopped. Sure, I agree. Until I realized uh -huh. they do make these movies still. You know what they call them? What's that? They call them MCU movies. Ooh, interesting. I think... Austin Powers, in a lot of ways, is the urtext <laughs> of those movies because it really is. When you think about those Marvel movies, and I, you know, now they're kind of taking on a different form post Endgame, but looking at them pre Endgame, you know, when I was super into it, they are all these stories of either one or a group of people just kind of, they're, they're, they've got this exceptional thing about them that they don't quite know how to marry to the world around them. And then a bunch of silly things happen, but then there's some stakes, and then there's like a rushed romantic relationship <laughs> a lot of times, or just some sort of root you somewhere. Because Vanessa's not just the love interest. She's kind of the audience proxy, too. That's fair. In terms of like, that's who he's got to win us over the way he's got to win her right. over. So that's in every MCU movie, too. And then the thing that like popped it into my head was all of those movies, one of the, their best tricks is they they make you forget that they kind of took some shortcuts to get where they had to get to by delivering you a scene of an action scene of the character using their power to the fullest extent for the first time <laughs> set to a pop song oh, yeah. that you're familiar yeah. with. And if what is the I touch myself fembot <laughs> scene? If not a triumphant, if that that is in in Captain Marvel, mm. that's just a girl. But she beats up all the aliens while just a girl right. plays. Austin Powers using his 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 sexual mojo <laughs> to win the day while a pop song plays. Behind. That's that's MCU one hundred and one. You know, I'll agree with you on this one. That's that's a good point. I think I think we gotta I think we gotta investigate this further. How do we investigate it further? Do we watch the next Austin Powers movie? I think that's a big yeah. part of it. I think we have to watch all the Marvel movies. I think we have to talk to Mike Myers. It's <laughs> the big three steps. One of them is a little significantly harder than the other. I don't have a copy of Iron Man 2 hand. <laughs> the other two we can get. We can nail. We can knock right out of the park. <laughs> also, it, it, it occurred to me during watching this that... Um, uh, I believe Austin Peppers. Austin Peppers. Austin, Austin Peppers. Just like member. an American version. Yeah, baby. Very <laughs> shagabellic. I think Goldmember was the first DVD I ever bought. And it was the last? Yeah. <laughs> it very well may have been. Honestly, I found my collection of DVDs. What a waste. I think I, I, I sold all of mine to like the record local record store when I was in high school. Smart. When you were in high school, you're enterprising. <laughs> but I mean, really, what are you going to do with DVDs? Now? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm going to do with Charlie Wilson's War Watcher. I have none of my DVDs. <laughs> the Blu ray. I have, uh, all my DVDs are like away in a box, except singularly, Charlie Wilson's War is, is on a shelf. Because as, and it really is solely because uh, Bill and I once had a discussion many years ago now, many years going back. I, w I went through a stretch where I watched Charlie Wilson's War like every night for for you a month, really like Charlie Wilson's War too much too much even you would admit I, no that I would readily too admit many too much that's too much Aaron Sorkin mm -hmm. he'll rot your brain 
And I was just going around. I was solving every problem with like a really long speech. <laughs> I would walk. My girlfriend would be like, you haven't spoken to me in weeks. You, you just you keep talking about Charlie Wilson and his war. And that was so long ago. And I would say. Priest and me walked into a bar about six months ago at the Cathedral of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> I then I just went on and on and with the the point of the story basically was I'm a white man, I'm right. <laughs> that's that's correct. Yes, the cocaine. Another favorite thing of Oh, didn't he like a crack addict? Like a long time? Yeah, he went he went hard. He yeah. went yeah, he went all in. He went full funny. Mike Lindell. <laughs> uh, that guy still gets to go on news, doesn't he? Yeah, and honestly, I think I I'm ready for I'm ready for him to be president. I think oh. we, we just why not just let Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. It's we're at the end of the empire. It's done. It's over. <laughs> There's no more American Empire. We, it's just so let the let the My Pillow guy just. How long would we last? Three days? With the My Pillow guy? Less. He's if he's in full on charge, yeah. I don't know. I think that guy like it would reach for the button pretty quickly, right? I don't like the way that Afghanistan looked at me this morning. <laughs> they didn't look at you, sir. On oh, the newspaper, the picture. Oh, folks, we nuked Afghanistan. That's. I told them we shouldn't have just a button that launched the nuclear like, codes on the president's desk. I've been saying that since Truman, but nobody listens. Are they just like really? Expensive pillows? Like, how is this guy, like, does he still run a company? Is that still going? I think it's like, do you remember remember when we were kids and, like, every once in a while you'd buy, like, a, a collection of scary stories or, or there would just be, like, a like a Halloween yeah. type of, like, short story and some kind of thing. And there was always one that ended with the twist was secret ingredient being people. <laughs> That's a, you could always do like a, and everyone loved the new pie that he was selling and it turned uh, out those people. I think that's what my pillow is. I think he's killing folks. Oh. He's using, he's shoving them in there. You're sleeping <laughs> on cadavers. <laughs> Cut up I'll with your my pillows. You'll find a body inside. <laughs> Honestly, they're, those people are always making up like these victims of trafficking. There's billions and billions of people, and then they'll say, "Look, this missing girl," and the girl will be like, "I, I'm not missing. I'm hello. This is me." They're all in the my pillows, folks. Just open your my pillows. You'll find them. Get forget what was Wayfair. It's my pillow. They're the ones. They're getting. Oh God! It. What if you're like onto something, and like people start cutting open their my pillows, and there's just, like tongue and like ears oh. in there. I would, I think, what would they, I mean, kill me, right? I'd be killed by Michael. You'd be Jones. killed immediately. These jackbooted thugs would come to my home and drag me out of the bed. They would lambast me. I honestly, though, I feel like if I just said to the my pillow guy, hey, man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and you, well, you know, the Lord expects me to forgive. Yep. You're right, Mike. <laughs> I was, uh, I was also in Paris for Halloween. Yes, you were. Eighth grade, I was Austin Powers. Uh, I was, I got a costume. I was wearing, it was his red oh. suit. I, I had a nice dicky. <laughs> had a beautiful red wig and my glasses. And um, I went trick or treating with a friend. He was Darth Maul. And it was, you know, he was very, very intensely face painted. So we went trick or treating. And this, the, the person I hate the most still to this day oh. is an elderly woman. <laughs> Who answered the door for us, and my brothers were there. Uh, so I, I, there were witnesses. Hmm. She said, Oh, you such nice costumes you boys have. You're from Star Wars. And then looked at me and said, And you must be Captain Hook. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, lady? I'm Austin, fucking, yeah, fucking baby powers. You understand? I'm in the eighth grade, I am 14 years old. My mom let me dress as a character who curses. Do you not see the problem with you saying what? And oh, I'd like to know what Captain Hook has a mop of red hair like this. What Captain Hook wore black glasses such as these. I've never known Captain Hook to wear a dicky. Have you, ma'am? Have you? She wore red. That's, That's it. it. That was oh, the only was, thing she had. I was dressed as a fireman. Would you think I was Captain Hook? 
Where's a baby dressed as Elmo? Well, it must be Captain Hook, right? You fucking idiot lady. <laughs> I hope she's dead. Oh, she's absolutely oh. dead. She was old. <laughs> That's a relief. That uncultured swan. That was yeah, and that was I mean that was I was twenty eight <laughs> when I did that. I just put on an Austin Powers costume. And I reenacted. I was doing the scene where everyone makes fun of him, where he walks around Las Vegas and he's mocked roundly. That's the scene I lived out that night. Children dressed as the Paw Patrol were pointing and laughing, and I would shoot them a weak peace sign. So, uh, one of the things that I definitely like to. Uh, I'm, whenever I'm trying to like review a movie or kind of analyze a movie, I like to have a scene that is is exactly how I feel about the movie. Like like that, how I feel about that scene, how I feel watching that scene, is the feeling that you can most extrapolate out right for the rest of the movie. Sure. Uh, so I want to know what yours is, but I'll say mine first. To kind of give you a, a, an example. I think watching it, and I had a, I kept a list, and like. Like I just it was like oh the personal effects scene with the Swedish made penis larger no then it was this then it was this then it was this but I think that at the end of the day uh-huh. it is that it's it's the fembots uh, uh, dancing scene sure because it's so stupid <laughs> it's so ridiculous uh-huh. it's so nonsensical and yet. I'm watching it and just be like, this is, this is, I, this is, I'm loving this. I'm sure. so happy this is happening. I know I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm sure. laughing. It's like, and it's, it is, it's like, if you're watching the movie and you're watching it as like a standard, like hero movie, that's the, that's his moment of triumph. So this sure. guy you've been rooting for finally gets his, like, gets to do his he thing. He reveals his powers, yes. his Austin powers. I'm going to say, I'm sticking with it. I, uh, him peeing after being uh, woken up from cryogenic freeze makes me laugh so. And like, even the first time I saw this movie, that that was my favorite scene. It is like two minutes long, and it is so funny. It is just a guy peeing, and it's very funny. It does I think one of the things I love the most uh, when you can pull a joke off like this, it's hard, but do something that's funny. And then you do it too long, and now it's overdone. But then you hold on, and you take it across that right. point, and you get to the exactly. And it talk about a movie that knows how to do that. <laughs> yes, you know when I was a kid, uh, my dad would always talk about the, the Hall of Fames for sports as if you can't tell the history of the sport without this person, they need to be in a Hall of Fame. That's fair. If you if you need if this player did so much in baseball that. You tell you a comprehensive story of baseball, he needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they should go. And I think that's a perfectly, perfectly credible reasoning for a Hall <laughs> of Fame. I think that if you're telling the stories of like 90s entertainment, mm-hmm. I honestly think if you're telling the story of movie comedies, you need this. Oh, Austin awesome Powers? Absolutely. Yeah. Man. No, absolutely. Yeah. It was a, a seminal film in, in the comedy genre. More ways than one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can, I don't. I don't have to spell it out for you. Please don't. <laughs> Movies. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, well, you don't have to yell. I, actually, I can do whatever I damn well please. I'm yeah. Mr. Movies. Wow, my friend. Mm, God damn it. Hey, you, well, I do. I will say this though, Bill. I've had so much, so much fun. I, and I, I'd like to uh, uh, make something uh, on the podcast. It's like when when a, when a man proposes to a woman at a Houston Rockets game. <laughs> the most romantic. Have you ever? I don't know if I if I'm going crazy, but I think every public proposal I've ever seen has been at a Houston Rockets <laughs> game. Because I remember that weird fat bear just standing there. <laughs> Maybe I just see him everywhere. Maybe like I I've got like the like some kind of like bad mental disease. <laughs> And I just don't realize it. I just think most things are rockets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I see the bear. Oh, it's interesting that they're doing the debate at a live <laughs> a Houston Rockets game. That, that Rocco the bear is standing behind Joe Biden, making an evil face and, and telling him to set kill bankers. I don't know about that, Rockets bear. Um, but I know, oh, folks. I I don't really come on. This it's theater of the mind. It's all for play. It's all for play. Um, 
but it's like like that like i'm imagine the rockets bear standing behind me um this podcast so the point of this podcast generally is going to be kind of uh that i'll have a guest on to do a movie because it's tough to review a movie by yourself it's just more fun to talk to someone i do the other one and that's that's enough (laughs) um of me that's enough of me talking alone i i i would like to officially offer you the position of a guest host emeritus which means when i i don't have uh, a special guest lined up or when i'm just feeling i don't really have any kind of special thought in my head i might just text you and say you want to pop on and talk about mars attacks uh tuesday yeah. night i'd like to offer you that yeah. that uh, honor that true well, I'm flattered thank you and uh and yes obviously that, yeah, the rocket's bear was. <laughs> he was sweating bullets. Gonna be pissed if you said no. Yeah, he was worried. <laughs> he shot me a look like I don't know. Is about his this name guy. really Rocco? His name is Rocco. Okay. I don't know what it's. I'll look it up. Hold on, while you. Uh, yes, by the way, whenever whenever you need me, I would love to. This is a blast. His name is Clutch. Clutch. That's worse somehow. Clutch. Clutch. The yeah, man. that's 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 actually that's kind of insidious. Yeah. That's sinister. I don't like it. Clutch. All right, so you take your girlfriend to a Rockets game. Clutch sniffs her hair. Right? <laughs> no, Clutch gets away with it. Clutch, oh yeah, Clutch. Yeah, clutch is a free pass because you know the Clutch. Remember that tape of Clutch with Bango the Buck sitting on the bus? He said, "When they're a celebrity, they let you get away with it." And sniff their hair. I just walk up to them. I start kissing them. I can't stop kissing them. I'm so weird and a-human that even my sexual predatory behavior needs to be weird and a-human. <laughs> Not like where it's like, oh, he grew up, oh, he did this, I did No, he's, he aggressively yeah. can't stop kissing ladies in furniture stores. Well, <laughs> well when you're a celebrity, Craig, they just let you do it. As, hey, listen, maybe we'll find that out. Maybe we'll be sitting in there with Clutch the Bear, Bang of the Buck, Donald Trump, Billy Bush, me, you, in a, in a bus that I... Honestly, not the least likely combination of people I'll ever spend time with. <laughs> if, you, if you told me, like, if I took a peek into the future, and five years from now, one night you're on a bus, the other members, the other people on that bus are Bill Donald, Billy Bush, Bucks mascot, the Rockets mascot, and former President Donald Trump, maybe current <laughs> president at the time, Donald Trump. Um, I'd say okay, I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, that's in the cards. Sure, be a very strange bus ride. We're both very principled men, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and but maybe like some, yeah, maybe somebody shook ten dollars at us to be Donald <laughs> Trump's personal podcasters. Like, oh shit, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, I'll do it. I got a free night. What am I I'll doing? do it. It's it's. If nothing else, I'll be able to write a Hunter S. Thompson book about it. <laughs> it won't matter that I can't write as well as Hunter Thompson. Yeah. What I see, all I'll have to do is just transcribe what I say. <laughs> oh, that's, by the way, before we, uh, just to go all the way back to the beginning, Loathing in Las Vegas, yeah. another one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. We, we can do that one, too. Okay, let's do that one. Let's, let's just do them all, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. We're going to do them all. And by do them all, I mean, of course, that's right, ladies. We're doing the Harry Potter marathon <laughs> next week. We're going to watch every Harry Potter movie. Listen, if you tell me to watch uh, all the Harry Potters, I'll watch all the Harry Potters. Not that I haven't seen them already. Uh, if I tell you to watch all the Harry Potters, I want you to come to my house and shoot whoever texted you. Because it's <laughs> not me. I've been taken over by a pod person. <laughs> by a wizard. Put me down. <laughs> and don't ask. Don't, don't risk <laughs> We'll risk it just being like I. I was like Harry Potter really moves the needle. I'm going to text Bill. I forget about this, and then you just come to my. I'm like, hey, Bill, good to bang. Yeah. And then everyone's like, Why well, as long as we, me, wanted... as long as we have it on the record now on movies now, movies now, movies wow, movies wow, movies wow. Yeah, you can't remember. You can't forget the 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 is key. The movies. If we're not just talking about movies, it's... movies are. You know, movies are films that you can play. (laughs) (laughs) The movies. The the, capital T-H-E italics underscore underline movies. The movies. The movies are the like, when when someone just says like, oh, that's movie magic. Uh Or or if you go to like Disney's Hollywood Studios Uh and they, you know, you go on the great movie. You don't go on the great movies, right? (laughs) On the great the movies. The movies, right. That's also not the name of it. It's also not, it, they closed it because it sucked. Yeah. 
doesn't exist anymore. You can no longer, unfortunately, folks, you can't pay thousands of dollars to go see a half-working Gene Kelly robot any longer. Sorry. Let's go post on a blog about it, you frightening adults. Frightening adults. And it's, I'm gonna, that's my next podcast. I do I do Mike Craig's on a plot. I'm gonna do this. And I'm gonna do a Disney World podcast where for three months I'm really pro like I talk like, and the best thing at the park is the tiki room. And I'll get because those those idiots, I think they buy in on everything, it seems. Because <laughs> all those YouTube channels have a billion views. Yeah. I'll be one of them, and then about three months in, I'm gonna pull the William Shatner SNL uh uh sketch. Get a life, you people. <laughs> Just a show. <laughs> I mean, really. Sure. That podcast about Disney uh, is called Frightening Adults. I like that a lot. Frightening Adults, <laughs> the pod, the Disney podcast. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, you know, I just mean the villains, folks. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. I'm, I'm, I'm totally As a your former Captain Hook yourself. <laughs> That'll be the dead giveaway. Someone will call up and be like, who's your favorite villain? Is it Captain Hook? To our fucking call this podcast. <laughs> fucking gave you this number. I know who you are. You're the old lady. How did you know? What, how did you know when I was going to be recording a podcast? Yeah, how, why, why would you do this <laughs> again? This is also just more. It's just more psychosis. <laughs> None of these things are. I'm not even. This podcast doesn't exist. There's no Bill Donnellan. <laughs> it's like Bill Donnellan was actually the, the Rockets bear the whole time. Yeah, it's, I've just been at a Rockets <laughs> game with a terrible concussion. <laughs> And I've imagined 35 years of a life that I'm going to come to. And it turns out I'm just kind of like a, a real piece of shit from Houston, Texas. <laughs> no, totally, totally other guy. You live in Texas. Yeah. I'm a guy. Yeah, I bet you I'm a, I, I still vote for Ron Paul. <laughs> and I still make a point to be like, you know, Ron Paul's not in any of the debates. And someone has to tell me Ron Paul's not running for president. <laughs> <laughs> his cabbage pets boy son <laughs> and oh no i only want ron paul you don't understand <laughs> i need him to look like the i need a candidate that looks like marshall applewhite from the heaven's gate kilt don't you understand <laughs> ron, but ron paul doesn't ron paul look like that that like wild-eyed goon from yeah well, there was a guy who uh, got kicked out of the Heaven's Gate cult for jacking off too much. Are you serious? Right before they all killed themselves. That's very funny. And, but like now, in, in, in like the perfect coda, in like the, this is why I'm not a screenwriter, because I didn't think of this ending. He's terribly mm. regretful that he wasn't there. And he's very upset that he wasn't <laughs> able to control his masturbation. <laughs> he considers that his jacket took him away from like UFO paradise. Not... The reasonable thing, like, thank God I couldn't stop jacketing back then. Yeah. <laughs> could have drank that poison. He's still a Heaven's Gate uh, a loyalist, sitting alone wow. in his home, just weeping that he's not with Ron Paul and the rest of the gang and their, their Nikes, because he just Boy, could not stop jacketing. They really cooked that horny man's brain, huh? Yeah, they, that's what a cold will do to you. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? I haven't been in seven or eight. <laughs> I want to join a cult so bad. I'd be a good cult guy. I also feel like there's, and I, I mean, I'd like to say, I'd say that this, like, it's not still the case. But there were, mm -hmm. I would say, and I'm sure you might agree with this, about four to six years where I was probably at risk of joining a cult every time I left the house. Because I would just, <laughs> would wander, I would wander. I would just start making my own adventures in, in my head and disappear. I would just be like, oh, I'm going to go take a cab to a stranger's house. Bye. Like, I was in danger of joining a cult. <laughs> I remember I was a senior in college, and there was a guy at, at the bar we used to go to, the, the townie bar, the tally ho. And yeah. I'm sitting there. It's me. It's, it's early-ish in the night. It's me and Joe Giulio, and there's a guy there, an older gentleman. And he says to me, uh, hey, you guys party. Just like that. <laughs> he says, you guys party. And I say, hell yeah, we party. We do, man. We, I, I love AWK. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm at a bar. I'm, I'm drinking a Miller Lite. You know what I mean? I'm with the boys. <laughs> looking at some, I'm looking at some, some TNA. Yeah, it's a dead party boy giveaways right there. Yeah, right? I'm staring at yeah. the 55-year-old Lehigh Valley ladies. Um, <laughs> I'm putting my glasses down like I'm in a ZZ Top video and making a shocked face. 
Uh, I, I, and he says, no, I mean, you guys are really a party. <laughs> and at this point, I'm getting a little mad. Yeah. Because what, what pretty, is it about me that suggests I don't really party? You, you're making it pretty clear you party. I said, uh, no, I, I really party. And then he goes, you know the kind of party I'm talking about. <laughs> I said, yeah, kind of partying I do. At this point, <laughs> the regular kinds. My voice is now raised. Uh-huh. My handler, Joe Giulio. <laughs> sure. Uh, he turns and he observes the situation. He sees what's happening and he goes, the guy goes, So you guys party? And he goes, No, go away. <laughs> Just like that. He, no, go away. Good for Giulio. And the guy goes away and he goes, What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, yes, we partied. We party. I'm not going to stand here and be called a square. But he wanted to do weird stuff to us. Yeah, he wanted to do weird yeah, stuff. No, 100%. Jill is right. Uh, who says, uh, how many times yeah, have you got, ever got, addressed someone talking like this? You didn't want to do weird stuff to them. If you talk like, you have sinister intentions. You, yeah, you, you you're, guys... you're no good. You're a no good Nick. You're, a, you're an unsavory character. Like you're like number two, like that Robert Wagner. <laughs> that was well done. Bring it all. That was back. well done right there. Robert Wagner, of course, folks. We we can't forget. Might have killed Natalie Wood. I'd like throw <laughs> <laughs> that in at the end. Just a reminder that the actor Robert Wagner. <laughs> I think it. I'm not going to Google it before I say it out loud. Might have killed Natalie Wood. Well, there you have it. He might have done it. And that's and I think that that's where we'll end it, Bill. I think that we'll end it. <laughs> this has been yeah, a pleasure. Me, uh, I'm actually going to, in real time, double check that Robert Wagner's dead. Okay. Because if he's not, we probably shouldn't end it there. That's pretty slanderous. <laughs> uh, Robert Wagner, oh, uh, shit, he's still alive. Fuck. I've had enough of you pushing me around. <laughs>